Welcome back to the Drop Culture Podcast. I'm your host, October the God. Today, I'm here with special guest, Brianna Knight. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Glad to have you on. All right. So um, you're obviously a little different than a lot of the people I have on because you're not really like a rapper. You're more of a, you're like an R&B singer, which is, it's really interesting. A lot different dynamic in terms of the creative process, at least. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I just kind of want to talk to you about your creative process to start off to where like, so like your music is very different from song to song. And I noticed that when I was going through it, it's like, there's a lot of different style. There's like Afro beats in there. There's a lot of Neo soul. So what made you want to have such like a vast like uh, sound? Wow, great question. Uh, well, I guess it just comes from me growing up. I never, I never really like to box myself in just because I believe that every mood has a different song, a different genre. And honestly, if I want to bust a wine, I'm not really going to bust a wine to a Neo Soul song. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to want to dance to like an Afrobeat thing. And sometimes I have stories of joy and I kind of don't feel like giving it an R&B style. Sometimes I feel like I want to do it mid-tempo a beat and yeah i just come from like a mixed environment of just different ethnicities different backgrounds and especially like i'm jamaican i grew up around a lot of haitian people guatemalan people so you just get to hear a bunch of different sounds and it's like it just pours into my music because i feel like i come from such a variety of people a variety of things i might as well show it with my pen and my voice so yeah so when you're writing like what is um is it just kind of based on what kind of mood you're in, what you're going to write about? Or is it something you kind of like, you got to pre-plan and have some ideas going into? Uh, it depends on what my intent is. There's sometimes where it's on my mood and other times it's just things that I have to, I guess, release into the air so that I could get my head straight. <laughs> and that usually turns into my Neo Soul, my R&B songs, or I have like that one hip hop track, which was really for fun, but really uh, it was actually a, a mini like, I guess a rebellion almost of just people telling me what I could do and what I shouldn't do. So it just depends on sometimes how I'm feeling, but other times if there's something in the back of my mind, I know I have to write about. For example, I write a lot of love songs because I'm just made of love and I want to share it with everybody. But there's sometimes when I feel like, I guess the people around me could use some type of encouragement or I hear a story that just kind of makes me feel something that's very different and i feel like i just have to release it before i explode so hopefully that answers your question <laughs> yeah yeah so you want to talk about that kind of rap song uh you just kind of did that for fun just like random <laughs> yeah i mean like i have dibbled and dabbled in rapping but more so just storytelling and i don't know if those songs will see the light of day <laughs> but it's <laughs> something that I used originally when I started uh really trying to perfect the way that I write songs I really listened to a lot of hip-hop but really old school stuff like I was listening to a Tribe Called Quest and They Lost Soul and Most Deaf and uh just The Roots just trying to figure out like okay how can you especially for Neo Soul because I feel like it's a totally different dynamic when you're writing just how can you blend those storytelling elements and that kind of I guess vibrancy that you could feel from that how can you pour that into r&b and the other ways that you write so yeah how do you feel it's completely different because it's drill of all things <laughs> but i mean yeah. well that was the other thing that really uh, inspired me i produced the beat and that was one of like the first beats that i really really enjoyed and i'm like i'm not giving this to anybody else i'm gonna go ahead and go on it <laughs> yeah no that beats hard do you produce a lot of your own beats 
not really. Usually when I produce, as you can see, it's very different <laughs> from what I normally do. So I end yeah. up leaving those just waiting on A, if it feels fitting for like what I'm trying to do, how I feel, or B, if I see an artist that I'm coming across, like, hey, I think you should really work with this. I'll usually end up giving it away. Right now I'm trying to build up a catalog so I could try to pitch it for sync and just have it for other artists that I know who need stuff. But yeah. But yeah, I know I know a couple people who do that too. It's like uh you know, just kinda have these. I don't really I don't really plan on using them very much, but it's just good to have. Yes. Always good to have backup. <laughs> oh, you're from you're from Brooklyn, right? No, I am from Rockland County. It's upstate an hour from the city. My grandmother though, she's in Brooklyn. I've been going back and forth all my life, so I don't know if I can read Brooklyn like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So do you think being so close to a city like that where there's a lot of different cultures, I know you mentioned it a minute ago, but like where like music especially, it's very different and very vast. Do you think that definitely affected your sound? 100%. I feel like, especially uh, being by like my grandmother, although she's 100%, like, I don't know if you know that character from the series of Unfortunate Events. There's this lady who's really, really scared to like touch the doorknob. She's like, don't go by the yeah. refrigerator, it'll fall. That's basically my grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> So a lot of the times the exploring came when I hit high school and like college when I was able to truly just explore and I got to go see like venues. I got to go see artists live and just meet a lot of different people, especially when I was in college. I got to know a lot of people from Brooklyn and just hearing their stories and just their musical influences. Yes, 100 percent warped me because, again, where I grew up is I had a lot of Caribbean influence like a dance hall uh compa uh reggaeton like uh salsa bachata like just different things but then once we started like mixing in like the city culture it was already like i started hearing way more hip-hop but different stuff like my father he grew up in jamaica and then he came over and uh he went to brooklyn and so he's a huge hip-hop head and him and my mom are crazy about neo soul my mother's really into gospel so it's like one side became like a full-on adult high school college uh it just everything became full but instead of it being a lot of throwbacks like my mom loved Barry White <laughs> and she loved Anita Baker my dad he loved Jill Scott Lauren Hill Erica Badu Angie Stone D'Angelo once I finally went to college I started hearing about more current artists within those genres but completely blended and started hearing way more like trap music and got introduced to drill just a bunch of stuff yeah that's definitely, it's definitely interesting seeing like when people come from such a diverse background, what they kind of drift towards. Yeah, um, it's just all in your ear, really. Because at the end of the day, that's another thing. I'll always be a Neo Soul head. No matter, every, no matter what I do, I'll always be a Neo Soul head, no matter what. Yeah, I think, I think Neo Soul is having a bit of a resurgence recently, and I, I've really enjoyed it because a lot of people just, the people who really like it, you could tell that they really like it. Yeah, I mean, because also Neo Soul is, we're having, so we first had the introduction of alternative R&B. I say that Miguel was one of the first pioneers for it, to be honest. And it gave yeah. hints of Neo Soul. And I feel like now um, a lot of people are just fiending for that live live instruments, really, especially in the pandemic. And I feel like Neo Soul, it kind of calls for you to have to play an instrument. Yes, you can produce it, but you can sort of tell the difference, especially like, because Neo Soul has those like jazz things that are in there. And so a lot of people want to hear those instruments live while they're doing it. It's just a different, a different kind of taste. 100%. Yeah, it's definitely like, 
something different about hearing like a live instrument and when you could tell it was produced yes and, and no there's no shame in the game all right okay i, I love it both ways <laughs> both ways is dope when you were when you're first starting out and you're making all these different sounding songs were you ever worried about like oh i have like a defined sound i don't have like this specific thing that i kind of drift towards a lot do you were you ever worried that would make it like hard to like remember or like make it like less memorable no because i feel like my artistry speaks for itself it's just the thing of if you're here for the ride or not i also love to say my favorite phrase to say to other artists and even myself is that don't nobody know you like that i mean like sure like i got like in vibe magazine and a bunch of playlists and people looking at me that's cool that's dope but i'm not beyonce level therefore i could dibble and dabble and do everything and it's also nice to see even beyonce just showing versatility in her catalog when you're first building you'll always hear from people 50 50 like either pick one lane or be so good at all these different things that people look at you. But then you have artists like Doja, who from the beginning was always doing something different. And even like while she's here, she's not even in her prime and she's shown so much versatility. And you have a bunch of other independent artists. This girl, I can't remember her her like full artist name. It's like TK or something. Shawty has like two, three albums with just different things that morph together. Even thinking of like K Trinata, for example. Yes, he does like dance music, but at the same time, like he incorporates so many different things and collaborates with so many different artists. We don't have to box people in anymore. It's like, if you vibe with it, you vibe with it. And if you don't, you don't. There's so much music out there. If you really like an artist, you'll come back. And if not, it is what it is, you know? And I, I do think that's really important, especially like in modern music, because like, you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop, R&B, and just being like, you can tell when an artist like wants to branch out but it's like they'll do a little bit but not like go the full way because it's like it's like a label thing yeah i mean because sometimes you don't want to let the fans down but there's been a lot of people rebranded for example tina turner rebranded she went from totally doing this soul route and then she started doing a bit of like rock and blues and people are like i love this same thing with pink pink came from being an r&b artist and she started doing rock and people vibe with it you know Talent recognizes talent no matter the genre, what happens, what changes. Rihanna's changed sound so many times. Uh, Alicia Keys has rebranded like a whole bunch. Like she'll stick within R&B. Sometimes she'll touch pop. And it's just a matter of if the talent is there, people are going to listen. Even her. I, I love her. Her is actually one of like my huge influences to see one, a girl play guitar, but to show you that she could keep up with rock. She could keep up with R&B. And if you ask her to spit on a track, she definitely could try her best. She might be able to come up to par with a couple people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just really interesting and kind of refreshing to just like everyone can kind of just do what they want and, and are not like super worried about like, you know, I lose like all of this, but Talking about like labels though, are you signed with a label currently? No, I am independent. I kind of, part of me wants to stay that way for a while just because I'd like to have a chance to establish myself and have a bit more of a larger fan base. One of my goals is I look at a lot of people and how they've done things. There's some people who are fantastic singers who have two songs out but they could sell out a whole venue. <laughs> like everywhere they go, they pick the venue, they've sold it out because they have such an established fan base and that's without a label backing. 
it'd be more so I'd love to be able to have such a consistency with my artistry, not just with what I put out, but my fans. When I could tell you that I could sell out three or four venues and I know where, that's when I present myself to a label because it's not so much that I need the label. It's more so that the label needs me. So definitely like eventually, but right now I'd love to stay independent. That's a benefit of like being able to put music out online too. It's like you don't necessarily need a label to push your music because you can push your own music and it'll and I do as well, but it'll still get out there pretty effectively. Yeah, I mean, there's so many opportunities. Like, and again, it just depends on like the genre and who's your demographic. Like for me, I find like a lot more uh i guess pull just from instagram because i know a lot of older folks (laughs) really like uh r&b they really like neo soul so they end up liking me i know young people as well but i find that the people who are more willing to like purchase be like hey like i'll buy a cd from you they're usually on the older end even then for venues when i've sold tickets more so just older folks really because i know uh, us aspiring like anybody who's within the 16 to a little bit like 25 bracket we all broke right now <laughs> so it's hard to be like hey yeah girl i'm about yeah. 20 dollars ticket it's it's a little harder so yeah like there's just so many opportunities to advertise it just depends on where you're doing it and that's that's why i feel like the game has just changed a lot because now truly you have the power within your hands it's just how would you like to do it so what was it like like um like going to your first show and getting to like see the people who like enjoy your music and see the people who listen to you oh my goodness pre pre pandemic <laughs> um or even also just on like ig lives and like live streams it's really awesome um it's i don't know sometimes it shocks me because i'm like you really like the song that much and it's so funny because i've only been releasing singles like even then i have like an acoustic project i won't even call it a project that was just four freestyles in my room because i was like i'm so sick of not having any music out let me just give y'all something (laughs) so you'll stop (laughs) bothering me like here's this thing um but mostly it's just really funny because i'm like you enjoy me so much off of this single you want to purchase tickets that's crazy there's just so much power in that i remember i opened up for um Samoa, another R&B artist and it was crazy when I was selling tickets and I saw people there and they were like yeah we're here for you or even in college when I'd be like yeah I'm performing a show I'm gonna be at this event and then like 25 people are there because they're like nah we came to see you that's amazing it's really again it'll be off of a single even though when I was in college I didn't drop anything yet people were like I'd love to see your acoustic stuff I'm like all right okay all right that's fine yeah that's it is really interesting because like like different sounds have different fan bases and just seeing how they interact with like the artists that they really like is always sometimes it's a little strange because i know some people and they're like yeah people who listen to my music are, are weird but like, dude. <laughs> I, I feel like i don't know it just depends on what you're putting out like i know my crowd is gonna be chill i know that it's also gonna be a lot of women my unreleased track but it's gotten me in so many different doors is dear black girl um and a lot of women they love it and even then a lot of white people love it too and i'm like wow really (laughs) but they're like yes we want to see this um and then when i perform coco all the young folks like especially caribbeans are like yeah i'm here i definitely want to be here for that and then for so deep it's like i have such a variety my mom shout out to my mom she was twitching um she, she was pitching the song to a lot of djs on twitch which is why i have that older demographic and they're like yo like just let us know when you perform or something like we'd love to to pop up and 
seeing I've never had all those people in one room. I've always had them in separate, which is why I said, depending on what like the set is and what the venue is, you could get different people to pull up. So that's kind of like, I guess, what happens when you don't put your eggs in one basket. You're able to be in different places and serve different things. Only if you have the catalog for it, though. But yeah. Talking about your catalog, you, you've been dropping since like 2019, or at least like you've been dropping before 2019. You were always like making music before that? Making music before that. It's just I never hit the studio. I've always been more. I was actually talking with my friend last night about that. I've always been more of a live performer. And it was when I started really, I guess, considering maybe I could do this full time because I had already gotten invited to perform at the Apollo for like a private event. I had already opened up for two people who were established. Um, and I also like had people just separately message me for different things. And it made me consider, OK, maybe we should do this full time. So maybe we could actually make money <laughs> and be really happy with this thing we like doing and it kind of pushed me to be like okay i think it's time for us to enter the studio and that that happened in 2019 so basically and my other thing was that my strategy has always been i don't feel like dropping my best of best until i know that i've established fans where these songs won't fall on deaf ears one of my biggest fears is to release a project that just nobody listens to by nobody i mean like it, it's giving like it's giving 20 people just listen to it and although that does matter and although that's great it's like imagine you put in all this work all this time for you to only have 20 people listen to a project now it's different if those 20 people are going to pay for tickets but i know <laughs> those 20 people might not pay for tickets so there's not enough of a trade-off you have to sometimes it's like being in the studio and having music, you also have to think within the business perspective, hence why I work on a lot of singles versus a full project, just because I'd like to develop that fan base. So me spending money on studio time is not for uh, not, not to go to waste. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely understand the thing about just like, man, what if this just doesn't do well? And that's how I feel about like, you know, this is obviously different where it's like not as like um, intensive with like writing and stuff, but it's still like, you know. I don't want to like sit here for an hour and nobody listen to it, you know. Yeah, you know what the fall on death is. That's why it bothers me so many times when artists. It doesn't matter if you're first coming up, if you're established. When there's no promo, like you barely promoted it, you barely spoke to people, you didn't pitch to magazines, you didn't you didn't pitch to anybody, podcast, like you didn't do anything so the word could get out about you. You just dropped the music and hope people would go for it, and that's just doing a disservice to not only yourself but to your music. Like you put in that work, that hour was an hour. That was a full hour of your day. You could have been sleeping, eating, going out, spending time with people, but you chose to sit down and write some music. So it's very much like there has to be some type of trade-off. Talking about like releasing singles and stuff, do you like how do you know you're ready to like release like an album or like a full EP? Ooh, I feel when a concept is there and also when my heart has led me to do it. I know that sounds so cheesy, but I've gotten <laughs> as I've gotten as far as I've gotten because of I guess following that intuition i believe in jesus the higher power and all of that um and also timing if i feel uncomfortable with the things that i'm writing then it's not it versus when i know that i'm experiencing so much joy like i've been working on a couple tracks recently after just writing and writing and writing and i was smiling while recording and i said no this is it because i also feel that my ear it'll catch it 
and I'll be like, okay, this is definitely. But just waiting on a concept. I feel so many people, they throw like a bunch of singles together and not within the Bruno Mars, like 24K magic kind of singles. Because his, that project definitely could have been individual singles and we would have bumped it. I'm talking about people just throwing random songs together and hoping that they flow. I don't like that, especially when it's supposed to be your debut, unless it's a collaboration. Like I have a couple of collaboration pieces coming out within the year. It's different. But when I have a concept fully ready to go and the songs match it, yeah. Yeah, I think that's something I really enjoy about your music. It does feel very like story driven almost. Like you could kind of you could f- feel the narrative throughout it and that's I think is really important in the song. Oh, thank you. I try. I try. It's important. I feel storytelling even if it's not a story, give me a really beautiful poem. Give me a really beautiful sonnet. Give me something that makes me feel like, dang, that's a nice interlude for that story. I enjoy that. Give give me something. Make me feel it say yeah because it's like you can always tell when it's like when the who's singing it wrote it yeah yeah you can you can tell when somebody's really into the track and you can also tell when somebody just that was their throwaway you just can tell you're gonna 100 tell the difference even in the way that people promote it you ever peep if somebody has a favorite song of theirs they talk about it all the time <laughs> but if it's one they're not the most happy about, they're not really going to share it with everybody. They're not really going to promote it. So I, that's why I'm just very, very like, if I don't like it, I'm not releasing it into the world. It doesn't make sense. We're talking about writing. Do you ever write for like other people? Um, yes, I have gotten the opportunity. Um, I have. It's fun. I mean, if anything, it's always a thing of, from that experience i learned it's super duper duper important to make sure that you vibe with those people because what i would like is long-term lifelong writing partners because for example i found a bunch of producers but now those are my lifelong producers like i know i can hit them up and we can make something from scratch the same way there are some people that i know lifelong collaborations like i know i will always be able to come to you like this is my idea And right now I'm just searching for that buddy. Like I even have that with my music videos. Like I've been making videos with one of my friends, my close friends, Jimmy, for like almost five or six years. Like that's my main person for photography, videography, editing. And we just, we share half of a brain. And so it's trying to find somebody who definitely, we vibe with that to the point where when I'm writing, it sounds like it's for them and it sounds like it's for me and it's interchangeable. So that's been my journey. But yes, I have written for other people talking about like you know the videos and like the photo shoots do you think like those are like helping you like create your own sort of aesthetic like that goes along with the music yes yes i actually was discussing this uh with my my videographer friend and just saying like i believe that there has to be the same way that you said there's a narrative i would love for it to be definitely with the music videos him and i always say we have to do one step up has to be a step up in the way that we plan it or the way that we shoot it or the way that everything looks there has to be a step up there has to be something um and i kind of feel that especially with videos it just makes sense to have your kind of stamp on how you want it especially when i think about my brand because because i have so many things that i dip my hands in i would like everything to match within that realm that you understand where the story is going even with the brand that's one of my big things because i have so many different things the transition from how do you feel to so deep it wasn't so abrupt 
it kind of made sense with the way that things went. Even then, if you think it was opposites, but aesthetically, you could tell like, oh, wow. So we went from like something really blue futuristic to now it's very glitz and glamour. As if you were in like the Harry Potter house and you were looking at all the different <laughs> houses that were happening. It just kind of made sense. You're like, oh, wow. Okay, so that's a different part of you. One of the ideas that I have for a concept like album piece is to just, I wanted to call it like, moods where basically you had all of your sad songs your hype songs and your happy songs and it kind of went along with those visuals to show you that these are different aspects of my brain which is different aspects of the brand but they all connect because it's one person because nobody deserves like you could see with rihanna alicia keys like who else given her nobody really deserves to stay within one narrative i believe that you should be able to switch it up doja cat is a beautiful version of that you deserve and SZA, you deserve to be able to switch up things because you're a multifaceted human being you don't only feel happy you don't only feel moody so you don't technically like yes you could stick but also you can kind of be like dolly parton do things so out of pocket that people are like that's the brand so yeah that's how it was for me with like, uh, I listened to a lot of The Weeknd and it was like very sad and very moody for a very long time. And then it yep. just suddenly like shifted and it was a lot more enjoyable to listen to. And it, was, it got me more excited for new stuff to come out because it was like, oh, it's not going to be like um, My Dear Melancholy all over again. It's going to be like a, yep. a funk song. Yeah, different experiences. Because that's the point of being a human being. Life would be so mundane if every day was just happy. And I'm not saying it's terrible to be happy. Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you deserve to have variety so that you can truly be able to, I guess, enjoy that moment of when you have those different songs. Like, we enjoyed Sad Boy, The Weeknd. Like, I enjoyed that. House of Balloons, I enjoy- I loved it. Was there for it. The same way I'm also here for all the other stuff. Because it makes me feel like he always has something different to bring to the table, you know? And I think especially with his most recent project, which came out like a few weeks ago now. But it is just so different and it's so good. I love that album. It's, it's I still, I still haven't already. listened. I'm, ex I'm excited. Okay. I still haven't listened. Because I'm, I'm also trying to stay away from everybody that talks about. That's the same. I just feel that way about albums. I don't like to listen at the same time as everybody else because I don't want anybody else's uh, opinion and or spoilers to ruin it for me <laughs> with the song. So I tend to wait until all the hype is over and then formulate my own opinion. It's really annoying, but it helps me. I understand that. I do that. I do that too. I've been like years late to albums before just because everyone was talking about it. Like I didn't listen to Juice World until this year or last year. Yeah. Everybody for so long. Yeah. Um, I did the same thing with I did the same thing with Uzi, and I was like, "What's the hype about?" And then I listened <laughs> way later, and I'm like, "Okay, now I get it." Yeah. <laughs> now I understand. Yeah, that album is so good that I did pre-order it on vinyl, and it will not be here for months. But I did yeah. have to get it on vinyl beforehand. I'm glad you have it to the collection. <laughs> okay, so I want to talk about um, your songwriting sessions that you do. So what inspired you to want to do that and to be able to like talk about, you know, the process of songwriting and stuff like that? Yeah. So in college, well, in high school, I took a couple of courses from Berkeley College online through course era and they had songwriting courses. And I took that in addition to like poetry courses and they had a musicianship uh, thing. And it really helped me understand a lot instead of just 
okay, I'm here for like free flowing on a track. Don't get me wrong, but it's nice to have certain tools. It's kind of like when you're free flowing to build a house, the house can look good. You know, it can be sturdy, but it's even better if you learn like, actually you could use bricks instead of wood because then it could do that. You're like, wow, okay, I have a bit more strategy. Once I got to college, I was a part of a poetry, a spoken word uh, poetry collective. I was one of maybe three three singer songwriters who and also one of the two musicians on the team but I'm also a poet like first and foremost hence the poet dreaming and one of the things was that I wanted to teach other people how to write songs because they all were interested and poems can be songs they are interchangeable same thing with hip-hop hip-hop is poetry so you can do them interchangeably it's just figuring out the tools and I used to teach workshops all the time uh, on campus especially with the people of color everybody loved it and then once I got, once I graduated, I was like, okay, I kind of want to help more people just because when the pandemic first hit, everything felt really overwhelming. And I was like, if I could contribute to something that helps people let out their feelings uh, in the best way that I can, let me do it. So that's what kind of started song sessions. And then the more that I was interacting with musicians and I got to do like internships, I did an internship with Power to Inspire, Girls Who Listen, and um, what else? And finesse media. Once I started talking to other musicians, I was like, you know what? Perhaps I need to keep going. I had shut it down for a bit, but was doing individual consultations. I was doing like songwriting with other people, but I brought it back because I was still getting the same questions and just people asking for tips. Because why not make knowledge accessible to everybody? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's definitely it's definitely interesting. I've sat in on like a few like not yours. But like other people's like songwriting sessions and it's and it is cool to see people's creative process especially when they're like interacting with other people and like being able to answer questions and like ask openly it's it's very helpful yeah i, I believe that everybody should learn the tools of how to write a poem how to write a song and how to write period because you deserve different ways to let out what you're feeling there's so many times where we feel that we can't find the words to express ourselves and I believe that there's so much power in pen and paper that the minute that you learn how to express yourself, there's more confidence in yourself because you now can trust yourself with the things that you're saying. And two, you now have a better way of communicating. And sometimes writing can help you communicate to other people just how you're feeling. So I believe that that is a superpower that everybody should be able to have. So that's awesome. Yeah. So you think as like a, like a very multifaceted artist, what do you think? your kind goal is when you can sit back and be like this has been a success i wow i've been thinking about that a lot lately as i guess a live performer i would say being able to do at least one world tour (laughs) where all of my musicians can get paid all of my producers can get paid my engineers uh people do set design everybody could fully get paid for that year just off of me that would make me smile because i believe artists should not be starving i believe you should be able to pay your bills i don't think that you need to be in a mansion we don't need other billionaires because it's not doing anything for anybody but you should be sure. able to pay your bills and live like a pleasant life and the performer side but on the songwriting side definitely having a huge discography of just writing for other people and for myself just having a huge catalog throughout the years like some of the like uh miss Didi sharp she came from 50s and 60s. I got to meet her at the Women's Songwriters Hall of Fame. And she's written with so many people. She was able to write a song with Cynthia Biggs L for like Petty Pendergrass. And 
She also wrote a hit for um, Patti LaBelle. Like, just knowing that you have a long list of hits, that's beautiful. And hits that really matter, that have, like, changed the world. Like, because, for example, you can have a hit, but the hit, the hit could be fleeting. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you could have something on mainstream on the radio. It doesn't mean that that's going to be a song that's remembered forever. It's just something that everybody was singing at the time. Um, so definitely having that and just overall as an artist, honestly, having a dedicated fan base and with that, being able to fully fund myself and be satisfied. I've never really cared to be the person that everybody knows around the world. That's not my thing. I just, I actually would prefer, I don't want people sitting outside of my home like Justin Bieber and waiting for me to take yeah. a picture or sign something. I've never desired that. That's never been that kind of thing for me, but nor what I like to hide from the cameras. I just like it where I know when I step into the supermarket, they're definitely going to play my song. <laughs> and when I turn the radio, my song is definitely there. And I can be like, oh, wow. Okay. All right. This is nice. I'm a very, I'm a very chill person. I believe in like the Jill Scott, Eric Abadzi method. Not everybody around the world has to dig me. I just know that I dig myself and baby, my bills are paid and I'm very satisfied. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Talking about um, fan base, though, for just a second, uh, how do you, like, grow and maintain a fan base, especially, like, when, you know, you don't drop, like, full projects and you drop every once in a while? How do you keep that, like, fan base strong and healthy? I definitely, I collaborate with other people because a part of my fan base is also other musicians because talent recognizes talent. And the other thing is just making sure that I'm on social media and a lot of my quote unquote fans are actually friends like in real life or we become friends of one another and we're like really supportive of whatever we do because I believe that like even saying the word fan base is weird it's like I'd rather like be a friend because no matter what a friend's gonna hold you down versus somebody who's a fan and a fan's different from a stand like we all know like the barbs crazy <laughs> they have crazy but they're dedicated yeah um, so I definitely try to keep up with social media. Uh, and I try to make sure that for growing, I just try to use some of the resources. Like now I'm finally on TikTok and like slowly growing every day, which is funny because sometimes I won't post anything and I'll say like, oh, wow, you know, like be following. Oh, all right. Or just making sure I perform some way, somehow. I've been really into, I do live open mics and like a lot of virtual like streams whenever I feel up to it. Um, and that kind of helps grow the fan base as well as just like, again, like I said, networking with other artists and different people who want music. Yeah. And also the commercial, um, booking that helped a lot because people got to see me play the guitar and they were like, I love you. I'm like, I love you back. That's awesome. Yeah. Long answer, but yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to talk about the commercial. How did that come about? How'd you end up doing that? A wonderful friend of mine, um, when I first joined the Poetry Collective, she was there and she was like, I love your voice. I'm like, thank you. And then throughout the years, she's one of the main people to come to my events, to gig. Like, even if she's five, like 100 miles away, she's like, I'm going to buy a ticket. You record it and you let me watch. Like, I please, I want to support you. And she hit me up because she would work with different production companies. And uh, one of them was like, hey, uh, we need a jingle writer. And she was like, I know that you write songs. And I would write like jingles just for fun. <laughs> And I guess she caught on after a while because I was also very consistent at the time. She was like, hey, would you want to do this with them? I'm like, duh, you don't even have to ask me. Just send their contact. Um, and from there, it just, it went off. Uh, kicked it off with the production team, going back and forth about different ideas. And yeah, I was, that was the most fun. Although I do enjoy writing three-minute songs, I love the challenge of having to write something for 20 seconds. 
And there's a huge goal in there of you need to sell this product and get this song stuck in people's heads. That was crazy. Really fun. Yeah. Oh, what what kind of music you've been listening to recently? Like any like albums or songs that you've just been like heavy in your rotation recently? Ooh, right now I've been in studio mode, but um before that, is it Remy Wolf, I think? Uh in my I love that. Her stuff is amazing. <laughs> I've been in a, a real like funk bag listening to her. I've been playing the three singles from Kate Tronada, Intimidated, the track from Thundercat and Pray for Haiti. Oh, they've been on repeat. They've been on repeat. Uh, beautiful. And as of recently, because I've been in the gym way more, um, I started deep diving into his name is IDK. My favorite track from him is Shoot My Shot. Jesus Christ, that is so good. That is so good. Yeah, so it's like been a weird funk dance and like a dash of hip hop. Um, also, obviously, Jasmine Sullivan Hotel, because I can't get that out of my head. All right, so where can people find you at? Yeah, uh, so if you enjoy me and my vibe or listen to some music, you can definitely find me on Instagram and Twitter at Poet Dreaming. My Facebook page, I'm trying to follow that, is Brianna Knight. And if you're like, oh my God, I want more music, you should definitely try to follow those things. And if not, you could find me on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, SoundCloud, uh, AudioMac at Brianna Knight. Uh, sometimes I post updates. I will be having a single in February. I'm not releasing the date yet, but I will be having a single next month and a couple of projects. So stay tuned. But yeah. Follow us at the Drop Culture Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm your host, October the God. And remember to do it for the culture.